1: The Patriot is WWTC, Minneapolis, St. Paul, FM 107.5, K298CO, Minneapolis, Intelligent Radio.
3: With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. Two GOP lawmakers have paid a visit to Ukraine. Here's correspondent Bernie Bennett. Montana Republican Senator Steve Daines and Ukrainian American Republican Congresswoman Victoria Sparks of Indiana... This week became the first American lawmakers to travel to Ukraine in the aftermath of the Russian invasion, with Danes concluding after their visit that there is, quote, indisputable evidence of war crimes in the country.
4: The pair spoke with Ukrainian officials on the ground and traveled to various sites of destruction from the war. Both lawmakers were invited to the country by the Ukrainian government while
3: Danes was traveling in Eastern Europe. Bernie Bennett reporting. Residents of southern New Mexico are being told to pay attention to any evacuation orders that come in because of ongoing Hot, dry, and windy conditions that started a wildfire that's destroyed more than 200 homes and left two people dead near Ruy Doso, and that bad weather is expected to
5: continue for several days. This is SRN News.
1: Eric Metaxas doesn't see a rational fight. The obsession with race, th- there's something deeper there, but I process it as it's emotionalism. It's, it's, it's the idea, maybe it goes back to Rousseau, this idea that you grab onto a feeling And you say, the facts be damned. I don't care what the facts are. I'm angry. The Eric Metaxas Show, overnights at 3 on AM 1280, The Patriot, Intelligent Radio. AM
3: 1280, The Patriot from the Kirby and Christina Realty Studios and watch the groundbreaking new documentary, Whose Children Are They? at SalemNow.com. It exposes the hidden agenda in America's schools. Stream it tonight at salemnow.com. Your weather today mostly sunny, high of 42. Tomorrow, chance of rain and snow in a high of 43. Then, for your Monday, chance of rain and snow in a high of 42. The Narn with Mitchburg is next.
4: Portions of this program may have been pre recorded.
2: The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. This is the Northern Alliance
1: Radio Network. The longest-running conservative talk show in the Twin Cities. It's
3: great to be back in Minnesota today.
1: Political analysis of the good, the bad, and the outright crazy. (laughs) Now, here's your headline act, Mitch Bird. Welcome back, Twin
3: Cities and World. It's the wind beneath the right wing, the shining spot of red in the sea of dismal, dingy, institutional blue. The Northern Alliance Radio Network, AM1280, The Patriot. You know me. My name is Mitch Berg. I am known in these quarters as the headliner. I am also known as the Highlander here at AM 1280 The Patriot at Salem Twin Cities because it occurred to us a while ago, I have been here at AM 1280 The Patriot longer than anyone else in the building by at least a couple of years. Lee Michaels, the afternoon guy upstairs at the 980, AM 980 The Believer, Probably coming in second place at, I think, maybe a year behind me. And we are it. We have been here longer than anyone else in this building. Followed uh, along with King Banyan, of course, who doesn't broadcast from this building. He's, of course, live from St. Cloud every Saturday morning. Either way, we're the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And that tells you something. We have been doing this for a long time. And we've been doing it very successfully. And we've had a blast doing it. That's the fun. We eat the opponent's lunch and we get a chuckle about it afterwards and come back and do it again next week that's why we say we dominate all twin cities media by the way i did have it's been an incredibly insanely busy year for me so far quite frankly i'd be between day job and political stuff and every other thing under the sun but by jinky i still have had a lot of fun doing this this past week i i should say i was at the cd3 debate last week, the candidate forum uh, in in the 3rd Congressional District. It wasn't a debate in the classic sense of the term. We didn't have people squaring off on individual questions. We just asked audience questions, and a few of my own, to the, the candidates that were there. Uh, Adam Schwarz, he wasn't there. He was called back to active duty. There were some questions about that uh, we brought up. Uh, he was in the process of retiring from the Navy as a SEAL officer, when uh, apparently someone complained to the Navy about him campaigning while he was still in the service, which is a no-no under normal circumstances. Uh, Schwarzie pointed out these may not have been normal circumstances. That is being sorted out. Of course, uh, uh, Tom Weiler, uh, the other candidate, another former Navy veteran, a lot of Navy veterans around the the Lake Minnetonka area apparently go figure. And of course, uh, Mark Blacksolt was there as well. So I, I... moderated a discussion between Blacksell and uh, Weiler uh, last uh, Monday evening, the 11th. Had a blast doing it. For starters, living in CD4 as I do, living in the uh, 4th Congressional District, which is one of the moldiest blue districts in America in so many ways, which explains why we keep sending people like Betty McCollum to Washington, D.C., <laughs> uh, I love going out to places that have that smell of prosperity about them, that have that, uh, that that feel of competence that you get from having, at the very least, a working two-party system. I say that to be diplomatic because places that have a working one-party system run by the Republican Party tend to work really well. See, also, both of the Dakotas, Wyoming, uh, places places out west for the most part, that bring common sense conservatism to play, those can be one-party states and, and work quite well. Uh, my native North Dakota does not have enough elected Democrats to fill all their committee assignments. Things tick right along at any rate, Minnesota, some parts of Minnesota, not so much. The third congressional district, well, there is a congressperson to to get out of the way. and we interviewed the three uh, we, we talked with two of the three candidates who are looking to do just that. Dean Phillips, of course most famous for being a plutocrat uh, from a family that, that that got wealthy, making some of the worst liquor in the world, uh, of course, trying to defend his seat of four years. We're trying to retire him this year. And if you live in the third congressional district, boy, you may never have a better opportunity than the, than this year. The, the, the Democrats are running scared. And one of the reasons you can tell they're running scared, by the way, is that here it is. Seven months until the election. Seven, seven. Yeah, seven months till the election. And Angie Craig is already running ads. I mean, he, her, her competition, uh, the Republican, uh, Tyler, um, how am I blanking on names today? Holy, okay. Tyler Kistner, thank you very much, former Marine. Well, uh, okay. You're never a former Marine. Someone who is not currently active ser- serving in the Marine or the Marine Reserves, let's just say, uh, is running against her. And you can tell she's scared out of her mind because, A, she's already running TV ads. I mean, after Labor Day, you expect the, the television to be nonstop ads. Really, after Fourth of July, you expect it to become annoying. Before Easter, Angie Craig is running ads. You know that people in high places are thinking she is in uh, deep kimchi here, folks. Uh, furthermore, I got an email from her today on one of my burner accounts saying, hmm, Big news, Heinrich. Despite, that's my burner name. One of many burner names I have to keep tabs on, on Democrat campaigns. Big news, Heinrich. Despite our GOP challenger having the support of special interests (laughs) and Kevin McCarthy. Apparently, Kevin McCarthy is the closest they can find to Mr. Evil in Washington these days. Our grassroots campaign outraised him last quarter. So, well, and to which you say, well, that's that's dog bites man here. I mean, come on, Angie. Democrats always outraise Republicans because they've got the plutocrats. More on that later on in this segment here, by the way. A grassroots campaign out-raised them last quarter. Folks like you made it happen, says Angie Craig's press release. 90% of our contributions were small-dollar donations under $100. See what she did there. 90% of the contributions were small-dollar contributions under $100. 90% of the dollars, on the other hand, were not from small contributions, they were from progressive plutocrats with deep pockets. So she's trying to paint herself as a moderate. By the way, you've been seeing her ads on TV. If you watch TV, you've seen her ads. Uh, she's trying to paint herself as not the crazy one. I mean, AOC, Tide Potter Vita, is, is never mentioned, but she's, there's a message between the lines that she's, the sane, sensible one, not one of those crazy Democrats, not like she whose name must not be mentioned in, the, in, in CD5. Oh, more on that in just a moment here. Anyway, Angie Craig running scared as, as well she should. This is stacking up to be a Democrat, uh, excuse me, a red wave election, if all goes well. for as, And if Republicans keep their eye on the ball and don't screw up, it stands to be quite a wave election potentially one of the big ones let's not get cocky a lot of work to be done we'll be talking about that between now and november a lot but angie craig stands to be one of those sandcastles on the beach that gets washed out to sea by the red wave if if uh if she doesn't pull things together tyler kistner uh apparently has run unopposed, so he will not be facing, if, if he's facing a primary, it's not someone who bothered showing up at the convention. So it's on to the general for Tyler Kistner from the sound of it here, and more power to him. By the way, I'm looking to get Tyler Kistner on the show here as soon as possible because one of many campaigns, really eight congressional campaigns, we all need to get behind this year. This is uh, going to be a big year. And, and by the way, I, I should point out, by the way, uh, last week, I had CeCe Davis on the broadcast. Speaking of congressional races, she's running against Ilhan Omar. She won the endorsement of CD5, what, two weeks ago? Uh, there will be a primary race. Hopefully, CeCe will sail through that uh, with style here, I, as, as much style as she sailed to the endorsement at the convention last, uh, two weeks ago. Uh, CeCe Davis is, is on, uh, was on the show this last week, and I want you to put a pin in that thought, because we have a big show coming up this week. And I'm going to tie these two subjects together. First of all, we've got Sean Holster, longtime friend of the broadcast, has been a guest several times uh, already on the show here uh, on a variety of subjects. He is the endorsed candidate in Senate District 63, formerly Patricia Torres Reyes District, and currently an open seat uh, running up against uh, a woman whose name eludes me, but she's a standard issue DFLer. She, I believe she's of Somali descent. It doesn't matter. Uh, they, they're the DFL. Candidates at all of these Minneapolis and St. Paul races may have different, uh, may look different, may have different sounding names. Intellectually, ideologically, politically, they're all absolutely identical. Far left progressives, with all of that that means. We'll also be talking with uh, Jerry Silver, who's running for the nomination in CD4 to run against Betty McCollum. Uh, so. That's going to be big. We, we got three. By the way, I got to say, this is an exciting year in CD4. Usually a very difficult uh, race to get uh, people into. And we get some great candidates. Teresa Collette, uh, Tony, uh, Tony Hernandez, uh, Tony. Uh, a lot of great candidates uh, running in CD4 year after year, but it's always one at a time, sometimes two. There was a bit of a fiasco two years ago with Cielor, uh, a yeah, Hmong lawyer, who got upset because he didn't pay attention to the primary and so forth and so on. And anyway, th- this is uh, this is big because uh, we have three candidates running. Jerry Silver is one of them. We'll be talking with him today. Also, uh, mylor Shang, uh, who— I saw her speak a couple of weeks ago at a, at a Senate District Convention. She's dynamite, and Mickey Murray, longtime friend of the broadcast and longtime friend of, of me. Uh, looking forward to a, a great CD4 convention next week between the three of them. I think that's I think that's the three of those anyway. And uh, so we've had these. We'll have. Oh, and by the way, Eric Lucero joins us at the top of the hour to talk about an issue uh, that he, he's elevating to your attention here in, in coming weeks in the Minnesota State House. By the way, he uh, most likely a future senator, Eric Lucero, as he moves up uh, from the House to the Senate. And so th- there's four people. Now, he's not here to campaign today. He He's probably one person who doesn't really need to campaign, although he will. Uh, he's a hardworking guy. Now, between the four of them, CeCe Davis, whom we talked with last week, Jerry Silver, who we're talking with today, Sean Holster, who we will be talking with uh, in about, a half, about 15, 20 minutes here, and, uh, and, and of course, uh, Eric Lucero, who we're not talking with about the campaign, and will be facing a token, probably completely hopeless Democrat candidate in his district. That's four Democrats to whom I am required by law to offer, offer equal time the standard-issue Democrat running against Sean Holster, please, I beg of you, come on the show anytime. I'll give you a half hour to talk South Minneapolis politics. Oh, yes, I will. Uh, Betty McCollum, uh, I, I beg of you. I've been, I've been inviting you to appear on my show for literally 18 years now, 16 years, let's be honest, uh, and I would... It would be my honor to welcome you on the show for a full hour because I've had all the candidates on for at least that much. I owe you that much, Betty McCollum. I I implore you. Take me up on the equal time. Whoever it is who's running against Eric Lucero, even though he's not actually campaigning today, so you're not entitled to equal time, I implore you, please take the airtime with me down here on AM 12A, The Patriot. It may be the only airtime air time you get that matters. I mean, God knows the 950 doesn't, is, isn't going to reach anybody. Certainly not in your – I don't think they have enough of enough power to get to Maple Grove. And, and by the way, Ilhan Omar, oh, yes – Oh, yes, Ilhan Omar, since I've talked with C.C. Davis a couple times, I will have you on for two entire hours. I hereby offer you two hours of equal time to make up for all the time you've not claimed over these last four years. Oh, I beg of you. (laughs) When we come back much more, Northern Alliance, AM 1280, The Patriot.
1: sightseeing in paris at the mall in bloomington or on horseback in dallas we're where you are listen to am 1280 the patriot at odyssey.com or with the free odyssey app the patriot is proud to air the pledge of allegiance every weekday morning if you're a veteran current service member or a first responder we would like to honor your service by having you recite the pledge If you're interested, please call us today and we'll book a time for you to visit our studios. The number is 651-289-4410. That's 651-289-4410. Then join us for the pledge each weekday morning at
0: 7.30. Hear the latest reporting and analysis on the big stories of the day on the Daybreak Insider Podcast. It's top-notch reporting from SRN News, along with the sharpest insight from Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Dennis Prager, Sebastian Gorka, and the voices of townhall.com. The Daybreak Insider Podcast. It's your first look at today's top stories. Available at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, and at salempodcastnetwork.com.
2: This message brought to you by the National Police Association. To learn more about how to help law enforcement accomplish its goals, visit nationalpolice.org.
6: Frighten someone's day with the free e-card from the largest online Christian greeting card site, crosscards.com. There's one for every occasion, birthdays, holidays, or just to let someone know you care. Crosscards.com is a division of Salem Media Group.
3: AM 1280, The Patriot, the Northern Alliance Radio Network, 651-289-4488. By the way, the question is, is atheism dead? Eric Matax has come to the town to talk about it two weeks from yesterday, or a week from this coming Friday, presenting astonishing new evidence and arguments against the idea of a creator-free universe. Mr. Metaxas will be guiding through archaeological evidence, new discoveries supported by chemistry, and the biggest questions in the universe.
0: It's
3: coming a Thursday, April 28th, 7 o'clock, the Plymouth Covenant Church. Get your seat squared away right now at am12athepatriot.com. By the way, this is supported by our good friends at GTS HVAC. I'll spell it out for you GTSHVAC if you need heating, ventilation, or of course, this time of year, air conditioning because you're going to need it eventually. You need to go to our friends at GTS HVAC. Bringing you is Atheism Dead Eric Mataxis. Six five one two eight nine four four eight eight the number to call. Now, I, I every year, by the way, every 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 year, every week on the show, I emphasize that we have a social media presence. We we usually are live on Facebook although we're having a little bit of technical difficulty right now so we'll get up and going on that. we're also on Twitter Gab, mewe parlor and getter that's five different sort of Twitter copies uh, at the hashtag Narn show that's hashtag NARN show if you want to get your questions in that uh, question in that way uh, because social media is where the battle is fought these days now that being said, I am hearkening myself back to a time when Hugh Hewitt and I and the rest of the guys in the NARN were talking about how conservative talk radio and conservatives in general need to engage with social media. And Hugh Hewitt, being the the early adopter of pretty much everything that he is, uh, took an early lead in adopting social media when Twitter came out and said, and I wish Brad Carlson were here to do his Hugh Hewitt impression because mine is is fairly atrocious. There's something Nope, no more comments on the Hugh Hewitt blog. We're going to take all of our comments on Twitter. Just look for uh, hashtag Hugh Hewitt show on Twitter. Morning, glory, evening, Christ Cleveland Browns. Cleveland Browns. Anyway, that's, that's my Hugh Hewitt impression. I, I, it's not good. But the idea is there. Hugh Hewitt was an early adopter of Twitter. And I remember thinking and saying and writing at the time, and this would have been in, I don't know, 2008? 2007, 2008, perhaps, uh, when he was one of the earliest major media adopters, especially on the right of Twitter. I remember telling Hugh Hewitt, if only via a post on my blog, but on Twitter and anything probably at one of the parties as well, uh, Hugh, morning glory, evening grace, but I don't know if you want to put all your eggs in one basket like this. I mean, Twitter is not – you look at the people behind Twitter – Twitter is not a friend to conservatives. Now, back then, there was a general impression, this during the latter years of, of George W. Bush's administration that the free market would keep big tech in line, that the free market would pr- help, help help prevent big tech from censoring conservative thought out of existence. And of course, we had the original social media, talk radio. The, the original and most sociable of the social media of all on our side. And we still do. I mean, we still dominate talk radio. Uh, some will say, yeah, for what that's worth, it's an aging format full of people over the age of 50 who are, are listening and young kids aren't listening to talk radio. Well, we'll work on that here, folks. Uh, but and and also the other social medium, uh, the the uh, talk radio being the big one and blogs. Well, blogs have gone somewhat passe, as Brad Carlson's noted. I'm still at it five days a week, sometimes more. But there aren't that many of them out there. We don't have the influence we had 15 years ago, for better or worse, because so many conservatives, by the way, uh, didn't follow my advice to Hugh Hewitt. They pulled up uh, their, they emptied, they ended their blogs. They wrapped it up and they moved over to social media because there's you know, like Facebook and Twitter. Because there's fewer headaches. Someone else is taking care of all the he- technical headaches for you. You don't have to worry about. Maintaining your site, patching uh, up, uh, patching your plugins, and doing all the the scut work that goes along with running your own website with a blog on it. And so, the, against my advice—not that anyone is paying attention to me, least of all Hugh—was <laughs> uh, uh, gradually the stage was set over the course of I don't know a decade and a half for big tech to step in and shut a good part of conservative thought a good part of conservative media a good part of conservative opinion down summarily without any argument because what are they they're a private platform so there's no there was no real problem when in during between 2016 and 2020 when twitter and facebook and instagram and some of the other mainstream social media wanted to shut down conservative thought, ranging from President Trump all the way down to the Babylon Bee, a satire site that continually gets fact-checked, notwithstanding the fact that they are openly and explicitly a satire site. They nonetheless get silenced by Facebook and Twitter, all the way down to little old me and likely a few of you as well who... Posted information on Facebook and or Twitter about, in a few cases that I'm aware of, information about masking, about vaccine mandates, things that are now accepted as scientific fact by the Centers for Disease Control, but a year ago were considered misinformation by big tech and the legions of 23-year-old, otherwise unemployable liberal arts majors who do the, quote, fact-checking for organizations like Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and the rest of of big social media. Anyway, so conservative media, or at least conservative social media, put way too many of its figurative non-Easter eggs into one basket focusing an awful lot of its original content, especially at the grassroots on Twitter and Facebook. And we have paid for it. We have had the guts of an awful lot of conservative thought cut out from under us by big tech. Well, this past couple of weeks, we started to see a little bit of hope and sort of a gleefully, very perfectly conservative approach to fixing that problem as billionaire, multi-multi-multi-billionaire, Who knows? At some point in his life, maybe the first trillionaire, Elon Musk, making an offer to buy Twitter from its shareholders. This is a public company that had a big initial public offering. So all the stock is out there in public and the it's all available to be bought up by whoever has the money to do it. And Elon Musk made an offer. First of all, he bought 9% of the stock at regular market price and made himself the largest single shareholder, ergo earning himself a place of distinction on the Twitter board. And so that that's that's big. He owns 9% of the votes. One must assume that a fair number of other votes out there among the shareholders at Twitter agree with him. Not all of them. Certainly not enough to make a, a dispositive difference in Twitter's policies yet, but certainly enough for, for Twitter to find it threatening. In fact, it was, by Twitter, I mean Twitter employees, the woke minority of which have spent the last two weeks expressing their complete misery that, uh, at the thought of uh, a libertarian like Elon Musk taking over a controlling interest in Twitter. And that got even more so over the past week when Musk came out with his offer to buy at a very attractive rate. All of the outstanding Twitter stock at a pretty spectacular price, a price that made me wish that I had had a few bucks in Twitter over the years, over the past few years here. Because, boy, it would have been a nice little profit over when I last thought about buying some Twitter. It matters not. The Twitter board of directors opted to attempt a poison pill, essentially uh, diluting the value of stock and making it impossible uh, by issuing many, many, many more shares and, and allowing its you know, shareholders to buy up more of those and allowing its own board to buy up more of those shares of stock to fend off Elon Musk's hostile takeover. Now, over the past week, as before the news of the poison pill came out yesterday, the we were we were regaled on social media with, with tales from progressives, leftists saying, Well, if Elon Musk takes over Twitter, I'm, I'm going to just leave social media behind forever. And, and I noticed, by the way, as this happened, that the list of people who are threatening to boycott Twitter or were threatening to boycott Twitter forever if Elon Musk, by the way, not a Republican, not a conservative, just someone who's a, a principled libertarian and business person, uh, the, the list of people who, who threatened to forsake Twitter And the list of people who threatened to move to Canada in 2016 if Trump won the election or if he won re-election, if you put the Venn diagram of those two populations together, you get something that looks like a circle, just a big circle, maybe with a couple little divots in the side, uh, because there's not a whole lot of difference between those lists, at the very least, not, not mentally or intellectually. At any rate, Glenn Greenwald. Uh, the the progressive columnist with a conscience and some actual integrity wrote uh, yesterday on Twitter, of all things. This is a flagship week in corporate media. It was the day they were forced to explicitly state what has long become clear. They not only favor censorship but desperately crave and depend on it. Even if Musk doesn't end up buying Twitter, never forget what this past week revealed, which is, in fact, that big left, faced with the thought of losing its control to censor public opinion on Twitter, exposed its actual cards for the whole world to see. They want censorship. They need censorship. They want you and I to shut up and go away. We're here to not do that. Sean Holster joins us next. Go Nowhere AM a. The Patriot.
7: Are you over 65 or turning 65? Whether you're new to Medicare or already have a plan, important changes in Medicare take place every year that most Americans miss. Get your Medicare maximized with Chapter, a free service that makes sure you have the right plan now and continued concierge service whenever you need a change. At Chapter, we instantly compare thousands of plans from the most trusted insurers to find our members the best and most affordable plans for them. The right Medicare coverage for you including plans to cover gaps in medicare part a and part b important benefits like vision dental and prescription coverage that could save you thousands of dollars each year maximize your medicare with chapter rated a plus by the better business bureau the service is free so call and speak with an advisor let us help your next chapter be the best one yet call 800-586-9222 800-586-9222 800-586-9222
6: The call is free to find out how low we can lower your car payment.
4: You feeling okay? I'm serious. Since my company moved to center point of Mendota Heights, my commute has become a breeze. It's located near major highways for easy access to anywhere in the metro. No way. Yeah. Plus, hot lunch spots nearby, and when the weather gets nicer, I can get out on the trails along the Mississippi. Sure, but don't you miss being in an office downtown? Nah, not with eight single-story buildings and fully customizable space to fit our company's culture and needs. No shared common areas, we've got private bathrooms, and free parking. Did you say free parking? Yep, no more parking contracts or searching for a spot on the street, I park right outside the front door. No way. Where is this? Center point of Mendota Heights. It's just off Highway 55 and 62. That means super easy access to the airport. It's an ideal place for any business looking for a value-forward move. You can check it out at escapedmendota.com and work where it's easier to work.
2: All right. I'll tell my boss to visit escapedmendota.com. all <laughs> little
5: faded
3: sleep on Hey, don't forget our annual kindness challenge is back. And not only could you win five grand, but also an additional five bills to be donated to an organization in your name. You can get into it once a day at am 12 thepatriotcom and have an opportunity to complete, complete and compete additional acts of kindness for bonus entries. So pass on the kindness and we might get you some cash right back. The 22 Kindness Challenge brought to you by Air Mechanical. Six five one two eight nine four four eight eight. This might be the walk on song for my next uh, guest here. Joining us, the GOP endorsed candidate in Senate District sixty three, Southeast Minneapolis, the former Patricia Torres Ray District. Uh, Long time friend of this broadcast, Sean Holster joins us. Sean, welcome to the show. Why? Thank you, Mitch. It's always a pleasure to be here. <laughs> it's always a pleasure to have you. It always, it always interesting. It always, uh, always the, one of the highlights of the weekend. Just figuring where are things going next uh, with, with Holster here. So things have taken you out on the campaign trail. First of all, congratulations on the endorsement. Why thank you. Thank you very much. And uh, let's let's talk about we'll talk about the campaign in a minute here because that's the part that is going to be really interesting mm-hmm. in both in the legitimate and Minnesota senses of the term. Right. Uh, because you are your your district is every bit as much of a shall we say flying circus uh, as uh, uh, on the Democrat side. Oh, but yes. Oh yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk about that to some extent because, by way of saying, I offer your opponent equal time as is my FCC obligation. In fact, I demand she appear on the show. <laughs> Wouldn't that be lovely? Who, <laughs> whatever, whoever they are, whatever they wind up being decided here. But let's talk about you. Uh, your your origin story, if if, if you uh, if you prefer. Sean Holster, who are you? Tell
5: us about yourself. Where you come from? How you got here? Well, actually, I am a man of humble beginnings. That's um, right. <laughs> back in 1970, I was born at the uh, what was then known as the Booth Memorial Hospital, which is now the Booth Brown House. Still there. It's a Salvation Army facility. Okay. Um, has been for over 100 years. Uh, product of a single mother. That uh, she walked out of that facility with a high school diploma. I walked out, or was carried out, with a birth certificate. Okay. And. Uh, only recently have I been able to call myself a Minnesotan because, uh, I finally hit the 20 year mark of living here and that's what I've been told that (laughs) you're not from here until you've lived here for 20 years, even though I was born here. Can confirm. Um, we traveled the country. Uh, my old man built factories. Okay. Um, the only reason I was born here is that, uh, he built the Gillette factory. Oh really? Which back in the day was the Tony hair products factory okay that's where they made the jerry curl i did not know that yes indeed and anybody can feel free to look that up it's it's very much true and that was my granddad not my dad right um like i said single mother never knew my dad Um, okay and grew up in rural america uh across the country deep south upper great lakes midwest uh then uh for my 18th birthday uh we were living outside of Chicago at the time, very small town, surrounded by corn and soybeans. And they, for my 18th birthday present, was a very nice three-piece set of luggage. And that was my hint. Okay. And that's when I jumped on an airplane and went to Colorado. Okay. And uh, I am a... My heroes at the time were... Jack Kerouac, Neil Cassidy, Hunter Thompson, <laughs> and starting my adult life in Boulder, Colorado, seemed like uh, living the dream, and it, it was. Yeah,
3: absolutely. So it, it, you have had, let's just say, a long and winding road since then. It has been a it been a fascinating forty-four years since then. I believe thirty-four or forty-four years. Since it's that. Something well, like 34 that. Years, that. Doing the math yeah, in my head and doing it badly, but yeah,
5: it, it's a long and. Uh, Long, strange trip, as they used to say. <laughs> That's right. Uh, uh, Colorado, a little bit of time in Northern California with no electricity, no running water, uh, doing that does. old ranch life thing in an old uh, mining shack. Uh, that was when you were the coyote sniper, I believe? Uh, yes, that? indeed. Okay. Yes, right. indeed. It was uh, drought years. When I left on the Amtrak, the uh, banks of the Sacramento River were on fire. Oh, okay. Um, All right. Yeah, that was interesting. And then spent the meat of the 90s in New Orleans. Okay. Uh, didn't own a television. Was <laughs> living my best beatnik life uh, in the jazz and blues clubs. Uh, lived in the Treme. Okay. Uh, and then Lower Garden District. Okay. Uh, ended up leaving New Orleans for obvious reasons because it's just too much fun all the time, 24 yes. 7. Thought moving to a rural Minnesota hamlet, South Haven, population one ninety four, okay, uh, in between Annandale and Kimball, oh uh, yeah, would be a good move. But um, it was three guys living in a single wide, running a Greasy Spoon, um, <laughs> and it was the fried green tomatoes of the north, and basically kind of story. Yes, and at that point, uh, didn't agree with rural life that much At i feel time, your pain down to minneapolis and thought i had found my perfect home and have been here ever since excellent well, well we'll we'll come back to that in a moment here so you are running for and i've known you for
3: probably 15 16 years right something now. like Going that back, to back the, in the blogger days back to the blogger days you and your and your wife diane uh came out to one of our blogger parties and yep. uh we've been in, in one form of uh, contact or another ever since uh, Absolutely. Those, those keegan days here so and I know you for a long time, you've 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 been through a couple of different, different incarnations, even just in this last 15, 16 years here. And we'll we'll that that's all neither here nor there, because let's talk about what brought you to where you're at now, which is running for the Minnesota State Senate in District 63.
5: The last two years in South Minneapolis, <laughs> oh, uh, Senate District 63, a.k.a. the third police precinct of Minneapolis. Right. And living through that experience. Which just happened to coincide with transitioning into a career as a paraprofessional in mental illness and chemical dependency. Which is what brought you to the show last time, probably about Ye- close to two years ago? Years that ago? was about a year ago. A year, ago, a year, a ago. year ago, something like that? This last two
3: years, it's all become such a blur, and that's become one of the great cliches of media. Those last
5: two years have been a blur, dot, dot, dot. So, oh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. And I- then um, what really pushed it over the edge was, for me personally, was redistricting. Yes. And looking at the redistricting map and going, hey, wait a minute, let's overlay another map, uh, the property value map of South Minneapolis. And what does that look like these days? Uh, It looks like a very cynical division uh, by class between 61, 62 and 63. Go into a little more detail on that. Well, and then overlay a crime map. Um, Right. Back when I moved here, uh, the joke in the neighborhood in Phillips was that was the South Minneapolis containment zone. Right. And looking at redistricting, now that's Senate District 62. Right. And um, 62, uh, the South Central of the North is what I'm calling it now. Right. Because that's the equivalent, high-density, yep, uh, purchased Phil-
3: votes. The Phillips neighborhood, which was, when I first moved to the Twin Cities in 85, 86, was every bit as dangerous as North Minneapolis was at the time. Oh, and, absolutely. And has been, you know, Lake Street was sort of the containment zone uh, at that point. That's sort of the edge of,
5: of, of the sporty territory. Uh, I was living at Lake and Cedar and speaking mm-hmm. to the police and a number of community organizations at the time. Uh, that was the convergence of five... Gangs. Right. And that was their turf war, basically. As it it was back in the 80s and 90s. Absolutely. Well, then you look at uh, what is now SD 63, and that is very firmly working class, middle class. Um, Small homeowners yep. um, or mortgage holders, I should say, not homeowners. Yep. And then 61, uh, I would call that the landed gentry. Yes. <laughs> and it, it was been, it, it's was, it been interesting
3: watching some of the Minnesota politics of this last year, because, uh, two years, because we saw the Minneapolis City Council, which is not the body you're running for, but it, the interesting symptoms here. you got your Lisa Bender, who's from the landed gentry mm-hmm. in, in Minneapolis, in Minneapolis terms, declare that law and order, public safety, is a privilege to expect it is in fact something that comes from a place of privilege which as a taxpayer in a neighborhood that has its own issues with with uh with sportiness uh, uh and and ne'er do well Vincy, uh during, <laughs> two years ago so dang skippy it's a privilege one i pay a heck of a lot of taxes for it's a privilege you'd Darn well better provide, uh, Ms. Bender, if I still lived in that district, which I did at one point. Well, and
5: now a couple neighborhoods are paying a little more for extra police protection. And I know for a fact that they're not happy about that. No, and in fact, a good chunk of Minneapolis showed its unhappiness
3: with it uh, during the last election when the question about realigning the funding of the police from cops to social workers and other creative solutions, I'm making the scare quotes in the air here, Uh, went to a vote and... Unexpectedly got shot down the hardest. In places like North Minneapolis, places like Phillips, places like Five Corners, where people who actually live with crime day in, day out and don't have the access to the DFL's megaphone, uh, stood up and said enough is enough and shot that down by two to one margins. Unlike, say, Powderhorn Park, which is, as you're well aware, plagued with a whole lot of young, white, progressive members of the nonprofit industrial complex just out of McAllister.
5: I think it's a well and uh, the nonprofit. Complex, as as you aptly describe it. Thank you. When I look at public safety, that is not a standalone issue. It's a, it's a Venn diagram. You have one circle of police. You have another circle of Department of Corrections. Right. You have another circle of social services, uh, including behavioral health and addiction and whatever else. Yep. And then you have the fourth circle that is um, the nonprofit Machine, right? I mean, it's it's massive. There is no questioning that whatsoever. Yeah, and where all four of those circles converge, especially in funding, for funding purposes, is housing. Yep. And let's talk about that. We got to take a quick break here. We're talking
3: with Sean Holster, GOP endorsed candidate for Senate District sixty three. Uh, he's running a uh, campaign for an open seat. So it's uh, we'll we'll talk about the odds and the the numbers in Senate District sixty three because it's Minneapolis. But it's been a weird year in Minneapolis. I hate hate to say anything can happen, but anything can happen. We'll talk about it when we come back with Sean Holster. 651-289-4488. Go nowhere. We'll be right back. AM 1280,
1: The Patriot. Salmon fishing in Alaska, at an amusement park in Green Bay, or taking a stroll through Loring Park. We're where you are. Stream AM 1280 The Patriot at Odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app.
2: Yeah, Invergrove Hyundai, they have an amazing service staff. Incredible. Hey, I'm Javon from Egan. All in all, um, the entire staff is so friendly. I mean, you have young people to even elders. They really are like like good people. They have really, really good hearts. So Tyler is someone that I would highly recommend. Uh, well, he'll, he'll remember your name too. <laughs> I have a Hyundai Sonata 2020. And uh, the services that I've gotten on there is uh, oil changes. We had to switch out the chip maybe once. And I, I probably had like a, a check engine light and I wanted to get it checked on, but they never give me a hassle. It's like, hey, come in. One thing I love the most about Invergrove Hyundai is any place you go, that if they remember you, then you're significant to them. Even if you don't think you are, they'll make you feel like it and you'll feel right at home. InverGrove
1: Hyundai's service technicians are ready for you no matter what kind of vehicle you drive. Open 7 a.m. to six p.m. weekdays. Call them today or schedule your appointment online at InverGroveHyundai.com. That's InverGroveHyundai.com. What if most of what we've assumed about human existence was outdated and in need of reevaluation? What if atheism was put to rest for good? In his latest book, Eric Metaxas presents the unraveling of atheism with astonishing new findings and science-based arguments. Discoveries so compelling, we're bringing him to the Twin Cities to talk about it. Join us for Is Atheism Dead? A discussion with Eric Metaxas, Thursday the 28th at Plymouth Covenant Church. He'll present remarkable new evidence that defeats the idea of a creatorless universe. It'll make even the most staunch atheist reconsider their beliefs. His biblical discernment and sharp logic will make this faith-affirming event come to life. Not to mention the entertaining wit and enthusiasm you've come to expect from Eric Metaxas. Invite some friends from church and an open-minded atheist and reserve your seats today at am1280thepatriot.com. Supported by GTS HVAC.
4: Let's get your summer started, whether it's for work or play. Go to Full Service Battery. They have what you need in stock. And now's the time to grab batteries for your boat, motorcycle, golf cart, RV, or garden tractor. If you're looking for the lowest prices in town where you know what they have what you need in stock, go to Full Service Battery. Professional installation is also available. Find them online at FullServiceBattery.com. That's FullServiceBattery.com.
1: Hear the top voices in conservative radio on your Amazon smart speaker.
6: Now streaming AM 1280, The Patriot, Intelligent Radio.
1: Just ask Alexa to Play the Patriot Minneapolis. That's Play the Patriot Minneapolis.
3: Welcome back, AM 1280, The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network, 651-289-4488. If you got questions or comments for Sean Holster, GOP-endorsed candidate for District 63. By the way, if you want to take a shot at embarking on a 10-day adventure, you'll remember your whole life. The Stand with Israel tour kicking off November 30th. Joined by Dinesh D'Souza, Sebastian Gorka. Just go get your uh, registration and see the full itinerary at am1280thepatriot.com. It's the Stand with Israel tour. I I wish I had time to do this. I do not. But someday, one of these days, God willing, what the heck, maybe Brad Carlson and I will lead one of these Stand with Israel tours. Don't forget, Brad Carlson coming up tomorrow, 1 to 3 here on AM 1280 The Patriot, by the way. Special Easter broadcast. We'll have to do it. So, with us to talk about... about fighting the power uh sean holster gop endorsed candidate in district 63 the power of course in minneapolis is the dfl has been for 60 plus years right now and really it was just a formality in 1960 uh but it's been the dynamics have been interesting when you've got people like don samuels sounding like barry goldwater in, in his discussions about the situation in north minneapolis you know things are crazy when a DFL pet project, a progressive pet project like defunding the police gets shot down with extreme prejudice in North Minneapolis. You know, we've passed through just a little bit of looking glass on the way here right
5: now. You've been observing the dynamics of DFL politics in Minneapolis for some time, Sean. Oh, I've been observing the dynamics of DFL politics since I moved here. Correct. Uh, when I first moved here, I was a volunteer for the DFL during the uh, Bush Kerry race. That's right. Okay. And that's when I decided to flip. Okay. And uh, still didn't vote for Bush, but sure did not (laughs) vote for Kerry or anything resembling DFL from that point forward. Um, All all I can say to Minneapolis as a whole, and especially South Minneapolis, how's monoparty rule working out for you? What do you hear from people about how it's working for them in Um, in 1963? Not good, and, and acceleratingly not good in not just the last two years last 5 or 10. Yeah. and that the disenfranchisement with the cloistered closed-mindedness of the DFL and now as the DFL becomes more extreme under the premise that okay, if you're not actively anti-racist, it's not good enough. Right. If if you do not toe the party line, no matter what it is, you must be full of hate right and i learned a long long time ago do not assume where someone is coming from what their experiences are right. or what especially what is in their heart absolutely that's that's gaslighting which is the way narcissists and
3: sociopaths control you and and the dfl's behavior The left behavior as a whole is indistinguishable from, as I've been talking about on this show for five years now, indistinguishable from the way narcissists and sociopaths control their victims. Uh, The
5: gaslighting, the projection is pathological. I I see it as a long-running rebranding project because once people start to figure figure things out, they rebrand. Right. I mean, remember Occupy? I do. uh, Occupy Wall Street and oh what was it before that uh and occupy wall street had great branding it was yeah. branding from Adbusters. yep um <laughs> i mean i read i pay attention i pay mm-hmm. attention to language right. especially both verbal language visual languages i spent a long time in the arts yeah. um i am i am not an illiterate no. I, I, and i do have an incredible amount of recall <laughs> yeah this by the way i just as a Completely, uh, more or less
3: unrelated to your campaign at this moment, Sean. But I just I'm tickled pink that two of my favorite thinkers in Twin Cities politics, you and Walter Hudson, are running this time around. Of course, Walter uh, probably won his campaign when he got endorsed. I mean, right. up, in, up in Albertville, the, the uh, polar opposite of District sixty-three. So let's talk about running for office in the sixty-three. Obviously, okay. it's a it's a DFL, it's a it's a DFL fiefdom, uh, ha- habitually so, and yet uh, th- th- there's. I mean what what do you see as as the opportunity for a conservative republican like yourself in a place like the
5: 63? Um well I'm much more of a libertarian republican. Right. Yeah. Um you know as long as you're not taking from my pocket or damaging my property right. what you're doing go ahead. I don't care. Right. And that's the problem with the evolution of the DFL is if you don't care that is the most insulting thing that these narcissistic little self-centered fragile egos—that—that that is the worst crime that you could ever commit—is not caring about their cause. And there, there are so many levels of this that I could go off on. Yeah,
3: and and, and it's just, the the M word moderate has become evil. It's it's a it's a it's a trait, by the way, that goes back throughout history. Well, extremists' biggest enemy is not the enemy. It's the middle, and they they exterminate the middle first. I mean, the most dangerous thing to be in the world for the last fifty years has been a moderate Arab, uh, in in the Middle East. Uh, you you got to be <laughs> the extreme isn't as big as an enemy, and you're finding that in South Minneapolis. There's no such thing as a moderate DFLer. There's nothing that DFLers hate worse than the moderate DFLers, the few of them that are left,
5: and they're being driven out rapidly. I think, as someone who is not lurking in a dark alley with a Bag full of chastity belts, just waiting to <laughs> throw them on passing by females. Yeah. Um. I am a moderate, right? I I, I will probably be labeled as a squishy rhinocentrist centrist from hardcore rural red. Yeah, Minnesota. Fine. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you're afraid to walk down Lake Street. <laughs> yeah. I drive DoorDash. I do pickups there every thirty minutes. Yeah. Um, my life has been walking into sketchy situations and not being afraid. Exactly, and and and, and by the
3: way, Reagan's uh, tenth commandment or Reagan's first commandment: vote for the most conservative candidate who who can win. If you're not conservative enough to win in Benton County, so what? You're not
5: running uh, in Southeast Minneapolis. Exactly, and you know, as a centrist, mm-hmm. uh, the definition of a centrist, and leave me alone. I think if. If South Minneapolis can get over the what I would call high school clickishness of, oh, it's my side or that side, I will never cross the aisle. Well, everybody's always talking about crossing the aisle, no labels, uh, all that kind of stuff. Do your homework. We're talking with Sean Holzer. We will definitely have
3: you on the air again, partly because we need to hear more from you, partly because I want to uh, challenge your opponent Zendib Mohammed, who uh, won the endorsement more or less, I think, a couple weeks ago. uh, Yeah, she was anointed five months ago. She was anointed five months ago, really, to all intents and purposes. Uh, I uh, challenge—in fact, I demand— ms mohammed use her equal time to which the fcc entitles her uh to appear on the show for quickly
5: quickly yes. though sean holster.com yes. s-h-a-w and that crude american spelling that's right h-o-l-s-t-e-r as in holster your weapon sean let's uh,
3: g- glad you got that in there we're going to try and squeeze in a call real quick and egan mike you've got about 10 seconds for a question for sean holster go
7: Good afternoon, gentlemen. I'll be brief. I want to just comment on the cowardice and the timidity of the GOP to talk about racism and the canard that keeps being propagated. It's funny that since Barack Obama has been was elected, it seems like racism has grew.
3: Yes, it has. Absolutely. In fact, because it's been stoked by the DFL and the Democrat Party. If racism went away, that would be one huge fundraising and chanting point they would lose. Sean Holster, uh, the website one more time. SeanHolster.com. S-H-A-W-N W-n. Holster. I will post that at shotinthedark.info for those who are interested. Sean, we will definitely have uh, have you on the broadcast again here soon. Thank you uh, very give, much, Mitch. Give a proper hearing to all of your views here on this race here because it's a fascinating one. When we come back, Eric Lucero, soon-to-be senator, current House member, uh, Eric Lucero, joins us. Uh, go Nowhere, Northern Alliance, AM 1280, The Patriot.
6: Often the size of the fish grows each time you tell the story. The roller coaster gets a little taller, and the starry night sky gets even starrier. That's because the magic of some Minnesota moments is hard to put into words. The memories that become part fact, part feeling, but 100% real. Plan your dream trip at ExploreMinnesota.com. Sponsored by Explore Minnesota Tourism, aired by the Minnesota Broadcasters Association and this station. For this free information, call the accredited debt relief hotline now. Call 800-786-2300. 800-786-2300. That's 800-786-2300. In 1981, Heritage Christian Academy began with 13 students. Today, they celebrate God's faithfulness with 550 students in grades K through 12. God has shown his provision for HCA for 40 years. Let me introduce one of God's faith-built stories.
2: Hi, I'm Scott. I teach Bible and social studies at Heritage Christian Academy.
3: It is wonderful to know and hear the stories from founding families that had the vision to begin this school 40 years ago. God's providence is a testimony to His everlasting vision and plan for His people. There is no doubt God has been preparing me for this teaching position at Heritage Christian Academy throughout my life. From my experience in corporate America to the many years of teaching and training between church and work, I can look back at how God has been preparing me for my place at HCA.
0: It's been quite the journey. It is one of my greatest joys to teach the students at Heritage Christian
2: Academy.
6: For more information about Heritage Christian Academy in Maple Grove, visit heritageweb.org.